Hello, and welcome to another Sarasota Institute podcast. The Sarasota Institute is a 21st century think tank that is focused on 10 major topics we feel important for the future of humanity. Please go to sarasotainstitute.global to learn more. The Sarasota Institute is a nonprofit corporation. Hi, and welcome to the Sarasota Institute podcast. I'm Jason Voss, one of the three co-founders of the Institute. Today, we're going to be talking about healthcare. My special guest is Dr. Tom Ingenio of Charm City Integrative Health. Tom, welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, So to start things off, I mean, healthcare, right? It's an election year. It's 2020. Somebody some years uh, into the future may be watching this thing. Healthcare is raging large in the narrative in the presidential election here in the U.S. What's missing from this overall national narrative on health care that you, you're a passionate believer in? Well, you know, I, I think you've heard this expression hanging out with futurists. You know, the future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. So, right. so the biggest issue is, is, is access to all of this. And we're really at a time now where middle of COVID, uh, or hopefully middle, I don't, I don't even know where we sit with that. Um, but really, how do we get healthcare to everybody? Because we know that when everybody is taken care of, they're better, healthier people, they're better to be around, right? So if we have a sick population that's not getting taken care of, they're, they're harming the entire humanity as a whole. Uh, and no more, uh, it's never been clearer than, than during this time, right? So, you know, during a pandemic. So really getting it in front of people um, and then changing how we look at healthcare, right? So there's this big drive, right? And, and I've said this before, and I've said this in a bunch of different ways, that snapshot, you go and get your physical and the numbers look good on the piece of paper. Doctor says, great, see you next year. But what are you doing in between those snapshots to keep yourself up and running. Um, we all think we're doing what we need to, we're, you know, maybe we're working out or we have that salad every once in a while and, oh, oh I'm, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. But what is happening day to day? And this, all, this other focus on what is whole being health, right? Because we might hit the gym regularly. We might have six pack abs and we think we're great, but our heads are a mess. Or we're you know, not paying attention to those family issues that we know are lingering in the background. Oh, I got heart issues in my family, these kind of things. And we're not really taking care of our whole being that keeps us alive, keeps us healthy, and keeps us living full, rich lives. So those two things are, are really the big things that are missing from healthcare today. Got it. And let me ask you a follow-up question on something you've just said. You know, I, I gave your uh, credential at the top that you are from Charm City Integrative Health. Uh, you're yes. just laid out an integrative health narrative and story. Compare and contrast that for those in the audience who aren't quite familiar with, say, an allopathic medicine, which most of us are familiar with, versus integrative health. Yes. You kind of touched that tangentially. You mentioned a couple of yes. words like whole is like a whole body thing. Yes. Tell us a little bit more. So, so the idea is that to be, to be fully healthy, right? We have this web. It's not just one area of our life, right? It's not the lack of pain in our elbow after an injury. It's, it, it's how can I function optimally throughout life, right? We're seeing buzzwords come up like biohacking or anti-aging. And really at their core, they're saying the same thing. 
Am I functioning well throughout all various aspects of my life? And some of that has been regulated to medicine since day one, but other things like how are my relationships with my family? How am I sleeping? How are my teeth, right? We, we consider dentistry this separate thing from medicine, right? We consider even pregnancy. Like we treat that like a medical condition, even though it's, it's a <laughs> biological function that most women, if they choose to, should be able to carry out, you know? Uh, and and we're, we're, we're trying to piecemeal things. And the reductionist model is great for finding that one little thing that's wrong with us, but it doesn't look at the whole picture. It doesn't have this bird's eye view of who you are as a whole person and where do you want to be and how do we make that function optimally across the board. Now, certainly everything's going to exist in some kind of dynamic homeostasis. We put more work in at work. We're probably not spending as much time with our family as we should. So that's going to have to balance out for us to be healthy socially. But the same thing happens, you know, physically as well, right? We might hit the gym too hard. Then we need to recover more. We might uh, have that one quote unquote cheat meal. And then we have to clean up our diet a little bit. And that plays and pulls strings from every direction, right? It, when we get our act together and we're more clean, uh, whatever you want to define that as, we might notice that uh, I ate something that was inflammatory and now I feel stiff today, right? So we have a, a, a dietary thing impacting our physical being, right? Uh, and we're, we're, we're still not there. We're not looking at that as a whole thing overall. Um, I had a great conversation with a primary care physician that's like, look, if primary care is doing its job, it is looking at that big picture. Most Western practitioners agree with that, but our system that we currently have does not reward that, right? They give you seven to eight minutes with a patient. You either get sent for diagnostics or you get a prescription, right? That, that's the options. It's not, hey, how's the, how's, how's the wife and kids? Hey, how are we doing on, uh, you know, the exercise from what are you doing for your own mental health? Right. And we need to look at all of those aspects in that complicated web to really have true lasting health. Yeah, it's interesting, Tom. What I hear you saying is you're describing the body as a system, a biological system with all the integrated yeah. parts of it. And it's colliding. You haven't quite said it, but and if I'm putting words in your mouth, feel free to correct me. You've got a systems approach, a systems system. Right, it needs to be described with systems thinking, but it's colliding with the bureaucratic system, and it's just not working quite. Absolutely, right. absolutely, yeah. And and I think people are starting to get that right. I mentioned the biohacking, the anti-aging medicine. They know we have to look at it from this holistic viewpoint. Uh, it's just getting it into a system that's been entrenched and so ingrained, especially here in America. Uh, and I'm not trying to sound, uh, you know, uh, communist here, but this idea that everybody in gives better outcomes to all with this idea of looking at everybody as a whole being rather than just parts that either need to be replaced or uh, just give them something to numb it up, even, even psychological issues, right? So the idea is how are these variables impacting each other? Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do at clinic you know look at a whole person how do we move the needle across the board yeah so i know you're a fan of stacking therapies what the heck is stacking yes. therapies for those who don't know 
so so stacking and and I borrowed this term from uh, the bodybuilders and the biohacking crowd, right? So if you ask somebody what's in their stack and they know what that means, they might list a laundry list of vitamins and supplements, protein powders, those kind of things that they take. But stacking in in the sense that we use it, we do mostly therapies at our office. So the idea is how can we put together a stack of whole body therapies that gets you in the direction that you want to. Now there's multiple effects to each of these services and they should all play nice together. The combination, our secret sauce, if you will, is can we guide you and act more like a, uh, a guide than an actual I'm telling you this to help you get where you want to be. And that is, is part of this kind of idea of evidence-based medicine as well. So I'm guessing as part of your clinical practice, you have to be sensitive to the behavior of your, I don't know what the, I don't want to say patient because they, I'm guessing they don't well, always you know, come to you sick. Becoming a little fast oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you there. No, that's fine. But even yeah. that word patient. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, this is a relationship. So, right, any, anybody that has the title doctor, that the roots of that is to be a teacher, right? It's not to scold. It's not to say this is the way we do this. But um, I, I read a book uh, called Holotropic Breathing, which was uh, recently by Stan Groff. The foreword was written by Jan- uh, Jack Cornfield, who we know from a whole bunch of spiritual writings. Uh, and he used the term midwife. And I love that term because midwife is I'm not – I'm not driving this, right? I'm here to make sure your needs are met within this space. And I like that because that's a partnership. That's what do you need? What do you want? How can we get you there? And and for me, when we're talking about stacking those services, it's what are your goals as a whole person? Where do we see these discrepancies? Where do we see these voids? And can we help bolster those up so the other areas of your life can also flourish? Yeah. So I know you're a believer also in evidence-based medicine. Uh, Full disclosure, I serve as a consultant on projects that are trying to advance the same thing. Uh, Tom, what what does evidence-based mean to you? And why is this a central focus of what you uh, are about? So this this is a funny one because I I I, I saw another healthcare pr- practitioner say something like, "Well, it's not evidence based because it doesn't have a bunch of randomized controlled trials behind it." And and yes, RCTs and studies they're a big part of evidence based medicine. But if we look at it like a Venn diagram, that is over here. We have patient wants and desires that has to be equally important. If something's going against their core beliefs, if something sounds like BS to them, they're not buying into it. And then we have our clinical experience. Look, like I said, I'm here to act as a guide, not to drive the ship. But when we find that core, that that place where the studies and the patient beliefs and the practitioner's experience meets, that's where the magic happens. That's true evidence-based medicine, right? That's where our outcomes get better. That's where we can talk about placebo, not as a negative thing, but look, if we can turn that up, if somebody's going to get better, who the hell cares? If I can get you to believe you're better, great. We know this happens. We know this has a positive function. Yeah, it's funny to me anytime... Yeah, I, I, because I, I work in finance, 
we have a name for the placebo effect as well. We don't call it that. But usually in finance, the desire is, oh my goodness, if there's something that keeps occurring and it seems statistically significant and we can't explain it, that usually is a trigger to explore more. What did I leave out? But in medicine, it seems not to be. It actually is the thing to laugh about in some ways in traditional medicine. So talk to us. Um, I guess before I I ask my question, implicit what you just said, Tom, is some sort of assumption or philosophical understanding about what is healthcare or what is health? I know that's a tough question. What's health to you? What are you navigating toward? What are you gathering evidence about? Yeah, you know, and 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 this, uh, you know, I, I, you know, my training as an acupuncturist, you know, those roots come from a very spiritual place, and then it became more westernized, more modern, and that happened in China as well. It's still there, but it's not emphasized as much, right? So uh, there's a great uh, expression. Uh, it's an Okinawan expression. So over to Japan, uh, and its direct translation is half doctor, half shaman. Right. And if we look at it from its intention, when I have a problem, I should seek both the advice of a physician and a shaman because that unity, that space where here's here's the beliefs and then here's the physical and where do they merge together? That's where the magic happens. So I think we, you know, getting back to that whole idea of holism. Right. And that's and, and my degree, my master's degree actually has the word W. In, or the letter W in front of the word holistic. And I know that uh, New Age Health written by uh, David Houle and uh, Jonathan Fleece uses the W in front of the word holistic to represent the whole being. And I think that is the part that is often cut out of allopathic care, right? It, the spiritual side, we're not even touching, right? Uh, and who cares if it's even all placebo, which I don't think it is, <laughs> but if it all is, if that gets somebody, uh, whether it's complying with your, your treatment protocol or believing that they're going to get better, that adds fuel, that adds something to that mix. And that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Yeah. pal of mine once uh, had, he told me a story of being in Mexico and hanging out with a, a shaman who had Aztec roots. And he said the difference between the doctor and the shaman is that the shaman can tell you why the snake bit you, and they can also potentially help you with the snake bite. And that that's an interesting perspective because it says something about how we're interacting with our world. You mentioned a Venn diagram and how we intersect with our world can often determine our health outcome. So, okay, you're great. In terms of a uh, bodybuilding regimen, I can let my... For the last three months, I've increased my weight for my bicep curls and all the other extra body parts I care to, to measure, but my wife hates me or my, you know, my coworkers can't stand to be around me is a big deal. And inevitably, the snake will bite if, if that's out of whack. Um, Absolutely. So, okay, you gave me a sense of what is the definition of health. What defines a healthcare success, right? So you've got holism. Are you, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is healthcare success for you, Tom, that the whole system is working? So the different aspects uh, and ways that we might want to think about chunking it up, right? We've got the system. Now we chunk it down. This system's working well. This system's working well. This system's working well. And how they all work together is working well. Is that fair? It, that, that's fair to say, right? Um, 
within that, you know, it's it's not that here's my approach and this is the way to do it. We still need that allopathic. We still need to be able to go in and say it's this one thing. And, and it, you know, truly, if we're looking at it from a functional standpoint, if that's the one thing that's keeping everything back, what can we do to flip that switch, turn it back on, get it out of the system, whatever it needs to be done. So you, you do have to look at it both from the bird's eye and uh, the microscopic view. But within that, yes, it is not just this one aspect of my life is going great or this one part of my being is going well, right? You do need everything moving in the right direction. And because we're not perfect, and even if we're healthy in that moment, we are going to need some fine tuning. We're going to need a nudge this way or a nudge that way. And we're also going to have to keep all of those aspects of who we are uh, in in some kind of dynamic homeostasis. Sometimes yeah. we're going to have to put something down because we're going to be focusing on this. So second to last question, how do you grapple with in your own practice and maybe even philosophically with the tug of war between healthcare outcomes and economic outcomes? The twain do meet so, and do they have to? So, yeah, they do. They do because, you know, we're in a, we're in a society where uh, even finances – are, are a physical stressor or a psychological stressor, right? And that's going to impact the body, right? So I, I, I sometimes joke that my clinic uh, has a gym problem in the fact that we kind of do some things that are more like a gym. Why? Because we're doing therapies. You're not going to go to the gym, lift one weight and be, you know, ripped and feel great. Just like that, you've got to come to my clinic for services as they're needed, as they're appropriate, but with some frequency to get the results you want. So to do that, we actually have a membership style program where some of our services are available under that with the recommendations that we have, hey, come in and use them as you need them. Um, and once again, we're there to hold your hand, we're there to give you advice on it, but we want people doing these things. If we start looking at daily or weekly practices of healthcare, rather than that snapshot when you go to an MD for your, you know, your primary checkup, that's when we're going to see costs across the board because hopefully all of that therapy that you've done, whether it's our cryotherapy machine or speaking with our nutritionist or doing our sauna has improved your overall health and you sidestep some further damage down the road or that it's like ignoring the warning lights on your car. Yeah. Yeah. You can put a piece of tape over it, but at some point something's going to go out and you're not going to be able to drive that car anymore. So if we do that maintenance and I feel like that analogy is so trite and overused but it's true. If we do that maintenance up front, 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, we're not worried about that. Now, the hope for me, and, and I'm seeing this clinically, is a younger population is starting to get that, right? So we're seeing younger people come in and use their services now in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. So hopefully when they're 60, 70, 80, they go, I don't get the thing that happened to my grandfather. Or, you know, my grandmother wrestled with this for 40 years, and I'm just trying to keep that, you know, at bay. And that's a good mindset, but we also want to be in this, how can we keep you healthy, not just prevent the disease, you know? Yeah, sure. So last question, uh, and thank you so much for the discussion. Um, I've, I've learned um, some new things 
which is wonderful new perspectives. Um, how, how are you trying to pay it forward? This, this question's a little bit different than the others, but I know that one of your concerns is how you relate to your avocation. Um, talk to us how you're trying to pay it forward. So, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few things that, that we're doing, and they're not real initiatives. It just seems to be uh, the nature and going with the flow of things. Um, I like to hire people that are students in, you know, integrative health disciplines. So right now I currently have two acupuncture students working for me. Uh, they're getting clinical experience. They're getting to see how clinics run. And hopefully we're opening their eyes to, hey, this animal that we like to call healthcare is a lot bigger than we thought it was. Now, on top of that, what I'm trying to do is, I don't want to call it preaching the gospel, but look, we have all of these services that may not be standard routine healthcare, but they will move the needles for patients. So whether that's me coming out as a consultant to help people add these to their practices, or whether that's me talking to somebody saying, look, you got a home gym, you're concerned about X, Y, and Z. Let's talk about you bringing in a couple of pieces of equipment that will be in your house that you can use. Now you have no excuse. You don't even have to get out of your pajamas. You can go right there and use it. And that's going to keep you healthy. So what we're trying to do is get more people turned on to this idea that an ounce of prevention is really worth a pound of cure. Well, wonderful. Tom, I really appreciate you joining us today. For you in the audience, thanks also for joining us. If you'd like to find this as well as other recordings of our podcast, go to sarasotainstitute.global. I have to encourage you, become a member. It helps support us. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Tom. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. A great time. Take care. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please go back to where you downloaded this podcast to find another one that might be of interest to you. Thank you.